We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And here we go. Welcome to a very special presentation. Matter of fact, be honest, I sound super excited. It's crazy. We've never done this. We've never attempted it. It's a first of its kind. You're listening to 1140 The Bets NBA Playoff Preview. But from the mind of me, yes, me, hello, hi, this is Adrian Hernandez of The Playmakers, which you can hear weekdays through the 5 p.m. alongside the one, the only, Lindsey Brown. But in this hour show, yes, one hour, and by the way, It'll be immediately available on the Odyssey app for your listening convenience. But in this hour, we're going to get you ready for the NBA playoffs. Plus, remember, this is starting to become a tradition in the league. It's not going anywhere. I'm talking about the playing tournament. Yes, the playing tournament for the final two spots in each conference. I'm talking about the seventh and eighth seeds. That tournament is going to take center stage next week as those get determined and the higher seeds get to have a week off and to rest up. Now, in the show, we're going to do a lot of previewing, a lot of predicting, and, of course, just the information you need to know as we get ready for the playing tournament and the first-round matchups in both conferences. So, on tap, joining us is going to be a premiere. I'm going to say damn near elite, and most importantly, super educational to get us ready. An incredible set of guests are going to be here to give us their thoughts uh, the latest news, including hopefully some injury updates with dudes like Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, John Morant set to return, when they're coming back, if they're coming back. Of course, we'll get their predictions too. And I'm talking about guests like Joe Varden of The Athletic who covers the NBA and is one of the best in the country. We'll be joined by Gerald Boyer. He's the lead Suns writer for Phoenix Sports and PhoenixSports.com. He's going to give us the inside scoop because, look, we will not – be making a championship or even finals prediction because we're going to have a finals preview for that. But I'm just going to say, like if you have to put money somewhere, it's a good call to assume that there will be basketball being played professionally in June in Phoenix, Arizona. So Jared Boyer is going to join us to kind of talk about and give us the inside scoop on the dominance of the number one seed in the West in those Suns. And finally, we're not done. We got more guests finally joining us, a senior writer from Sports Illustrated and Sirius XM NBA radios analyst Howard Beck. So as you can see, 
We're trying to go expansive. We're trying to make sure we got you covered from as many angles as possible. And remember, as we go along in the show, tap in with us and let us know if you agree or what you're looking out for in these playoffs. Reach out on Twitter at AdrianRadio93. Always available for you. And now I think I kind of covered and set the stage. I got the table ready for everyone. Let's get comfortable. And like I said, there'll be a lot of predicting on the show. So it's only right. We get our predictions in on one of the most highly competitive races for the MVP that we've seen in recent history. So let's do it. Let me unveil my top five. I got Luka in there. I got Devin Booker. I got Joel. I got Jokic. And I got Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I named them in that order for a particular reason. So let's start off with Luka. I love him. He's a baller. The ability and the amount of times this season this guy's been able to score 30 points and give you a minimum of 15 assists has been truly remarkable. And to his credit, in the second half, since the All-Star break, you'd be hard-pressed to find two better teams than the Boston Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks. Both teams have stepped up. Lucas stepped up some of the transactions and the moves they made at the trade deadline to help Luka with Spencer Dimwitty and some other pieces to not have that burden of having to score be placed solely on him has been so beneficial, has opened up his creativity, especially with the passing. But individually, I don't think the body of work and just the team success too matches up with the rest of these guys. So, Luca, I have you in that top five in that fifth spot that moves us to Devin Booker. And I'm going to be honest, I'm sorry. And this is tough for me because this goes against everything that I believe in terms of like sports DNA where you have Devin Booker who's been incredible. You have Devin Booker who's a part of the one team throughout this year that has been dominant. This dude's on a team that broke a franchise record for wins. They're sitting at 63, probably will end up with 64, 65, depending on how this final regular season game uh, turns out. Regardless, like I said, a franchise record win total. Devin Booker's been amazing. Chris Paul's even missed a chunk of the season, too. But I just, I can't do it, man. Look, if he were to win MVP and they got that montage for him, right, what's the highlight that you're going to put in there? What's that crazy performance you're going to put your head to and go like, oh, yeah, remember when he balled out, especially this year, where so many dudes have scored 50-piece games. Other dudes have scored 60-point games and all these high-scoring totals and performances were happening more often than not. And when I look at the stat line and I look over these game logs, Devin Booker's only scored 40 twice. And it's one of these rare situations where, I'm sorry, you're on a good team. And in comparison to the others and these dudes that I do have in my top three, they have had relatively good success, not as good as the Suns, but their performances individually have been better. And the burden and the lesser rosters than Devin Booker has to play with with Phoenix is kind of playing to his detriment. But like I said, Gerald Boyer of PhoenixSports.com is going to join us. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to need him to convince me because I feel super uncomfortable because it's very weird not to award the best player on the best team. Moving on, though, coming in in my three spot, I got Jokic. Like I said, when we talk about rosters, you know, Jokic has carried this team, obviously, without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and these Denver Nuggets. And to be honest, Jokic is the odds-on favorite to win. Some of these polls and the experts and the sports books, they have Jokic to win. And statistically, technically, he's had the best season by far out of any player. 
but we just spoke on the amount of production that Jokic has had. And things are true. Like when we talk about the analytics and things like his PER and his efficiency, and those are facts, and he's dominant, and he's above everyone in this league. But sometimes it takes a quick left where dudes will bring up, hey, his win above replacement assist rating and his offensive rebounding win percentage versus the Eastern Conference on the road during third quarters where the team's losing by six. And it kind of like it's it's a bit much. And to me, it's also difficult when I look at Giannis Jokic and Joel where who's more likely to get you a bucket at the end of the game? I don't think Jokic would. But then at the same time, if the defense is pressuring and focusing on those three dudes, I do think Jokic would make the best decision and is the best passer. So this is a tough situation, but I have him in third, and I have Joel, and maybe maybe I'm a little biased because obviously Jokic has had to carry this team with the injuries that they've had, but to me, Joel has also had to carry the Sixers when you look at the start of the season without Ben Simmons, and then they trade him and they bring James Harden, and everything's supposed to be good, until Daryl Morey somehow still doesn't believe that James Harden is a fraud. So now, not only are the Sixers playing in important games where they can't rest Joel, he's having to continuously have to ball out because of what James Harden isn't doing for the most part. And now he's having to play in these 40-minute games and put up these crazy numbers in this crowded Eastern Conference. And to me, I just, like, I haven't seen Joel miss a wide-open three this year. And the dude's seven-foot what? He's that big. He's that athletic. He's so good one-on-one scoring. It's like an automatic bucket. But I have him in second because, to me, Giannis hasn't had to deal with some of the injuries that, and in terms of the Bucks, some of the injuries that, you know, Jokic has had to deal with or even the lack of production from teammates like Embiid. But, there has been situations where that big three of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday haven't been around or it's been a mixed match and Brooke Lopez was out for five months. And in comparison, they might not be as good, but Giannis is up there statistically with everyone else. And in these past two weeks where there's been big games against the Nets, there's been big games against the Sixers where literally he's having another game-winning block, just like game six last year in the finals against Joel winning that game hitting threes, improving his free throw percentage, becoming clutch, becoming a bucket, hitting these shots, becoming that presence, and having those moments, I got Giannis as the MVP. So there's my top five, and let's keep this ball rolling. Let's get into this play-in tournament. And as it stands now, and it is subject to change because we got one more game. We got games left, I should say, rather, tonight to finish up the season. But we got Brooklyn at the seventh seed, Atlanta at the eighth seed, Cleveland at the ninth seed, Charlotte at the tenth seed. So this is how this is going to go. The Atlanta Hawks are a team that's been resurgent. Uh, I believe in their last 15 games, they've gone 11-4. and Uh, Trey Young's been balling, a couple 40-point games. He's been averaging 31 points to end the season in this two- to three-week run. And I understand that he's not going to be an MSG with those lovely Knicks fans. But Brooklyn is still in New York. So not only is Trey someone who he embraces the moment, uh, more importantly, Brooklyn just can't defend anything. Look, they're 23-ranked defense in the league. They've averaged... 121, 120 points, I should say, that they've given up. I got Atlanta sneaking and making an improbable win uh, and taking that seventh seed. Now, remember, 
If you're an eighth seed, you get two chances, which means Brooklyn is now awaiting the winner of Cleveland and Charlotte for some reason, and probably because I'm born and raised in Cleveland, and I want to see it happen, and I think that home crowd is super loud and can affect the game. I got Cleveland beating the Hornets. The Hornets have been up and down. Uh, obviously, this is pending Evan Mobley's status. Joe Varden, like I said, is coming up next. We're going to talk to him and try to get an update. So hopefully one of those dudes, whether it's Evan Mobley or Jared Allen, will return. But that is setting up a Brooklyn versus Cleveland battle to get that eighth seed. And I got Brooklyn winning, unfortunately, for me, uh, which sets up a Nets-Miami matchup in the first round. Now let's go to the Western Conference, which this game should be fantastic, man. The T-Wolves versus the Clippers. Short and simple. I don't know if Kawhi Leonard's going to show up. I know Paul George is back, Norman Powell's back for the Clippers. I know that this season has been a resurgence for Carl Anthony Towns, and it has been so cool to see those Minnesota fans have something to cheer about after they've been through hell the entire history, basically, of the Timberwolves franchise. But when you talk about resilience, I think that's what the Clippers have done this entire season without their star players. I think the experience in the coaching of Ty Lue I think that the Wolves are very streaky, and when their big three doesn't play, they're not equipped to make up for that, especially on that stage. And that problem of having to step up and make up for the production of some of the players not playing up to their potential is something that the Clippers have lived in the entire year. Therefore, I got the Clippers winning, and then we got Spurs-Pelicans. For the sake of Pelicans fans, I want y'all to be happy about something. Y'all going to win this game, go to Minnesota. Y'all lose to Minnesota, which sets up a Minnesota-Phoenix matchup in the first round. So there it is. Atlanta, Brooklyn, the Clippers, and the T-Wolves making it out of the playing round. And we're making it out of our first segment because Joe Varden of The Athletic joins us next. Hey, the 2022 NBA playoff preview continues here on 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. And now we are joined by a very special guest, Joe Varden. He covers the NBA. He is a senior writer for The Athletic. Uh, he's also in my hometown as we speak. And remember, all insider calls are powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Now, Joe Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we just got finished previewing and talking about the matchups of the play-in tournament. Uh, and as we go into the Eastern Conference, much to my dismay with my Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, this has been such a great season, um, but also a hellacious one with the team feeling like it's free-falling right now, the injuries, the bad losses to like the Lakers and Magic these past couple of weeks, and honestly, it seems like they're running out of gas. Uh, but I'm here to ask you, is there some hope? What's the latest with the injury status regarding Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and what you've heard? No, I don't think there's much hope. Uh, <sighs> I, I think that I think that Mobley is is certainly closer of the two, um, and we hope to see him, you know, maybe Friday in Brooklyn or, or certainly Sunday against the Bucks. But Jared Allen is just the finger is not healing like he wanted, like the Cavs had hoped. Uh, when he decided not to have surgery and nobody's ruled him out yet, but I mean, I, I just saw him on, let's see, that must've been Sunday and he, his fingers were still in the splint. Um, Oof. And, and, you know, I'm just sources are saying that he's, it just doesn't look good for him to play anytime soon. Oh, thank you for all the hope. Very Cleveland of you, Joe. <laughs> um, speaking, of, and you just brought up Brooklyn, and of course Brooklyn's going to face Cleveland. I think they have Milwaukee for the last game of the season. 
Uh, and, yep. and I wanted to ask you with Brooklyn, um, you know, with the situation that they're in, thankfully it looks like they're probably going to be uh, in that 7-8 slot, so they necessarily won't have to play two games like they were in the ninth seat earlier this week. Um, but now you're looking at a situation where to get out of the East, we're talking about winning 13 to 14 games, no home court advantage. And to me, the biggest thing is how awful the defense has been. And I think they're ranked 23rd. Um, do you expect an early round exit from KD and Kyrie's squad? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about arguably the most dangerous low seed ever, or, or one of them because of those two guys, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Uh, established champions. Kevin Durant, when healthy, is probably the best player in the NBA. Uh, very difficult to guard on offense. Seth Curry makes that team better for sure. Um, but the thing about these play-in teams, and we've seen it, we've seen it with Memphis, we've seen it with Portland, um, when you make, when you have to play as hard as they're playing right now to make the play-in, and then to get through it, you you are tight. You're you're fatigued compared to these other teams. And you know the the Nets they won going away against the Knicks last night, but they had to play their tails off just to catch up. They were down 20 or 21. Uh, so that's a long way of saying I, 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 they are going to be taxed for sure. And um, you know I look right now it looks like Brooklyn makes that seven seed. So that that could be a Milwaukee first round series. Are they going to beat Giannis four times? I mean, they could. They almost did it last year. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's it's going to be a tough road for Brooklyn for sure. I, I – you know, I mean, they could – it could be anywhere from a first-round exit all the way to uh, hosting, hoisting the trophy there in, in June. And, honestly, it feels like a situation where, you know, they can beat any team in a series, but the fact that now they're set up to basically go through a gauntlet – where they're going to have to play Milwaukee and Miami or Boston or Philly or any combination. Uh, and you talk about, you know, Brooklyn itself being taxed. Um, one of the teams that I do think Brooklyn matches up well perfectly is Philadelphia. And speaking with the Sixers, you know, with the East being so tight throughout the year, you have a situation where all these seeds now matter, where not a lot of teams are resting. And Joel has had to carry this team throughout the season, whether it was because of the Ben Simmons saga at the beginning and now James Harden not necessarily living up to expectations that Philadelphia had. And this dude's putting in 40-plus minutes uh, and, and balling his ass off. But do you feel like that gas tank is near empty as they try to get deeper and deeper into the playoffs and try to win the championship? Boy, I mean, that's another one. <laughs> I, 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 the thing that, like, I'm okay with Joel. And I just saw him, I mean, you were probably watching as well. I saw him here in Cleveland on Sunday, and he put up an MVP-like performance. Um, I think he's all right. What concerns me the most about the Sixers is they have an excellent starting five and then real concerns with the bench. And they actually had to make the bench worse to get to James Harden in, in, with that trade. So that is my concern for the Sixers. I think I, I – my other concern for them is if they finish third and the uh, Raptors finish sixth, or if they become the four or five matchup, um, that it looks like Matisse Thybul is not going to be available available to play in those games in Toronto because of the vaccine. Ooh, that's so, huge. You know, I, I feel like Philly is a top four team in the East for sure. 
Um, I like Joel a lot. I'm not concerned about his gas tank. I am concerned about their depth. Is he, and just since we're speaking Joel, and obviously he's in this MVP race, uh, is Joel your MVP or, or who do you got? No, I have Joker one. I have Embiid two and uh, Giannis third. Okay, okay, awesome. Uh, thanks for the information. Joe Varden joins us here uh, from The Athletic. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at Joe Varden. Uh, and before we get you out of here, um, just want to get a, a couple couple more questions in, and we'll stay in the East. And for me, this has been on my mind a lot when it comes to the Miami Heat, and even before the whole blow-up with Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and Udonis. Um, but with the East, you have KD, Tatum, Joel, Kyrie, Giannis, when it comes to crunch time and the Heat trying to get a bucket at the end of the game, who's going to be their go-to guy? Because Jimmy Butler has not had a good season. Well, that's who it is. That's the answer. It's it's Jimmy. I mean, we're like, got to have it, bucket at the end of the game, it's it's Jimmy. Um, I, I mean, I think if you want to talk about Bam after that. I mean, the way they run an offense through him. Kyle has been somebody who can score late. The, the guy who it isn't is their leading scorer. It's it's Tyler Hero, but I don't think you go to him late in these games in the playoffs because he's such a defensive liability. So I think you bring up an excellent point. The Heat are going to have to beat you as a team more so than any of these other guys, any of these other teams that have that bona fide closing star. Uh, you're right, Jimmy has not been the same this year. Um, of anybody, he looks kind of fatigued, I would say. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see if he's ready to go for the playoffs. You know, he knows how to play this game, kind of taper your work, getting ready for the, the season that really matters. So, um, But that, that would be the answer. I think it's Jimmy. All right, and, and final, final few questions here. Um, and I know you just dropped a, a super – Super dope story about a G League player that's on his way to stardom uh, and friends with Adele. So if you could kind of preview that story for everybody so they can check that out. And then for just the playoffs in general, whether it's Eastern Conference or Western Conference, uh, to you, what is a dark horse team that you think can make a run? Kind of similar, I guess, to the Atlanta Hawks last year where they made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals unexpectedly. Okay, uh, I'll do the second question first. Um, the dark horses in the West are the Dallas Mavericks, for sure. Uh, they defend uh, better than they ever have, and you know they they have not only uh, Luka Doncic, but I, I like some of the additions they made there with Bertans and, and Dinwiddie. Kind of diversified that offense a little bit. Um, so that's in the West. In the East, you have to look at Boston if they can get into the second round and Robert, Robert Williams comes back. Um, and then, of course, Brooklyn, like we said. Uh, they're going to be a seven or an eight seed, but they could be as good as anybody in the conference. So I think those are three good dark horses to take a look at. Um, I appreciate you mentioning my story today. It, it was one that I kind of bumped into. I was on assignment doing something else and um, had a chance to talk to this uh, young man named Marjan, Marjan Beauchamp. He played for the G League Ignite team, which is a team uh, built for kids out of high school who can't or don't want to go to college um, for their off year before the NBA draft. Marjan's story is very unique, though, because he already had been out of high school a year before coming to G League Ignite. He had chosen uh, a unique path to, for his gap year, and it turned into a disaster 
He almost quit basketball, uh, had to go all the way to a junior college just to get back into it, and then found his way to Ignite, and now he's going to be maybe a lottery pick. So um, a really a fortunate kid to, to be where he is now and to have experienced what he's experienced given how it went for him out of high school, and really even in high school. Just a fascinating story. You can read it at theathletic.com. Uh, I hope you check it out. And um, it's been fun. It's good to talk to a Clevelander, man, from all the way out there. Yeah, man, we're just trying to get everybody ready for the playoffs. Joe, thank you so much. Uh, we talked before this phone call. Like This means a lot, and I've read a lot of your work. So I appreciate you making the time for us, and hopefully we talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, we'll do it again. All right, Joe, take care, man. That was Joe Varden. Of The Athletic joining us. Uh, be sure to follow him, too, on the uh, on Twitter, at Joe Varden, V-A-R-D-O-N. Uh, super tremendous work. And your playoff preview of the 2022 NBA playoffs continues. And, yes, we have more special guests on the way. I told you, Vegas, that we had more guests, and thankfully for me and all of us, really, we've got one of the best who covers the NBA. He's a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, co-host of the Crossover Pod, and an analyst for SiriusXM's NBA Radio. Howard Beck joins us. Insider Calls powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Howard, first off, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to start off by asking you about the Clippers. Um, of course, they've gotten Paul George back. Uh, Norman Powell returned last night, scored 24 points. Um, but obviously, the hype surrounding them has increased with Kawhi, who's been seen in the facility, getting in reps, telling reporters to put their phones away uh, while he tries to get back to full health. Um, but to me, if you're the Clippers, you know, they're in this situation where they could be the seventh seed or the eighth seed. Does ultimately the difference between having to play the Grizzlies or the Suns kind of change the perspective of should we bring Kawhi back to play in the first round if they get there? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think organizations in today's NBA are, and especially if you're an organization that has Kawhi Leonard, who we know is uh, very hyper-conscious about his health, his body, his rehab. This is why things went haywire with him in San Antonio because they were not on the same page. You have to be cognizant of the player's long-term health. And ACLs, while maybe not as catastrophic an injury as they once were, uh, thanks to sports science, that it's still a serious injury. And usually it takes you a full 12 months just to get back, and it can take 18 to 24 months before you are really yourself again. And Kawhi's one of those guys who doesn't like being on the court until he can be the, the, the full extent of Kawhi Leonard mm -hmm. and, and be as impactful as he's used to being. So I don't think you can rush him back. And I don't think the Clippers as careful as they've been as smart as they've been really as an organization. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to, to try to rush him back just for the sake of, you know, getting to the seventh seed in, instead of eighth. And this season, look, I mean, I, I know they won't look at it this way, but just what they've done is an achievement unto itself to have come this far and been this competitive and make the playoffs um, I'll probably make the playoffs anyway, um, despite having no Kawhi for the whole season and no Paul George for, for most of it, uh, it. It's, it's incredible. And what you really want to worry about now is, you know, what do you look like next season and, and making sure that you've got both those guys at full capacity then. And, and Howard, I, I, t I talked about the possibility of the Clippers playing Memphis uh, and with Memphis in particular, they're another team. This has been a breakout year for not only the team, 
Ja, obviously, and, and, you know, Ja hopefully will be back in time for the playoffs. But I have to ask you, you know, Memphis, they're a team that scores a lot on the fast break. Uh, They force a lot of turnovers. In terms of half court, they don't really shoot a good percentage from three. uh, And with the playoffs, it lends itself to a slower pace. Uh, Do you think Memphis can generate enough offense uh, to compete and make some noise in the playoffs? I had uh, Stan Van Gundy on the crossover podcast just a week ago, and we talked about this. And I thought Stan's analysis, uh, as you would expect from from Stan, was was spot on. He basically said, listen, this team doesn't have enough shooting, and they are going to struggle in the half court. They they get a lot of scoring out of transition, second chance points, um, and – just just also running teams out of the gym sometimes, right? They're young and they're athletic and, and they're long and, and they can uh, take advantage during a regular season, the course of a regular season, but it's different in a, a playoff series where defenses are going to really scheme for you and lock in and, and take away your strengths and they're going to slow the game down and make it more of a half-court game. And as much as they're reliant on Ja, and Ja's not much of a shooter at this stage of his career, um, that can make it a lot tougher on them. That said, they are, you know, a fantastic defensive team. They play their butts off and they're going to be in every game. And, you know, uh, they're, they're a legit number two seed. I I would, you know, I don't think they're going to get knocked out in the first round or anything, but are they going to make the conference finals? Would they have a chance against the Suns? I, I think that's a little bit more of a stretch. And of course they're young and in general in this league, not always, but in general, the young teams kind of have to take their lumps before they really can advance deep in the playoffs. And this Grizzlies team is, is pretty new to this at this stage. Oh, 100% Howard Beck joining us. So you can follow him on Twitter at Howard Beck. And here in Vegas, obviously, we don't have an NBA team, but generally it's a 50-50 split between the team with LeBron that unbelievably missed the playoffs that we're not going to talk about and the Warriors. <laughs> and as things stand, uh, if the Warriors stay in that third seed, um, it's going to lead them down a path where they'll play the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. And obviously, Steph is, Steph Curry's returning. Um, how do you like their chances if they're able to reach uh, the Western Conference Finals and get Steph back and get Draymond and, you know, everyone acclimated and back into rhythm uh, with that matchup in the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, it, it's this is one of the most fascinating parts of this postseason is that, one, I don't think we have an overwhelming favorite, right? Like the Suns are the favorites based on their record and their, their really strong regular season, and they deserve that. And I'm not trying to diminish that at all. The Bucks are still a, a, a favorite of sorts in that they're the defending champs, and they've had a, a, a solid season, not a, not a dominant season, but a very good one. And they're, they're whole again now with uh, Brooke Lopez back in the fold and all that. Um, but the Warriors are sitting there looming as the only reigning dynasty – you know, the team that, you know, won a championship as recently as four years ago was in the finals just three years ago. And it's a different version of them. And they're older and they've got some health issues right now. Steph's not on the court and Clay's still trying to, to rediscover himself after two years out. And it's been kind of an uneven season. But along the way, they've developed Jordan Poole and Kuminga's had a strong season. And, you know, Wiggins has become a really, uh, you know, important player for them and Gary Payton second. Like, it's a. a deep, strong, talented team. And, and if the Warriors are whole and healthy when the playoffs arrive, like I, I feel like they could make a run. I feel like they could win the West. I feel like they could knock out the Suns and, and contend for the championship again. I, I, I believe that. I know we haven't seen that version of them much, but they started the season really strong, and that was before Clay even got back. Um, 
I, I still believe in this Warriors core, and if they're whole, if they're healthy, they're going to be a force to contend with. But those are still some significant ifs. No, a hundred percent, and and thank you because it's been you know everyone. Well, not that everyone's been talking about the Suns, but you know everyone's given them their respect when they do get brought up in the conversation. And I, I'm just going to stay here in the Western Conference, Howard, because uh, a team that I haven't been following closely, but arguably they've been the best team, one of the best teams since the second half has started alongside Boston, is the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, they're led by Luka. Um, this team has great defense. Right now, they're holding the fourth seed. That's probably going to come down to the final game of the season because Utah has an easy schedule as well. And so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but with the pieces that have stepped up, and obviously they made some trades uh, at the trade deadline. Do you see that defense uh, and and some of the, you know, Spencer Dimwitty and some of the uh, players that they picked up holding up and letting them make a run here in the playoffs? You know, the, the Mavericks are a difficult team to assess. Um, you know, they, they, they obviously gave up on the Porzingis, the you know, Luka experiment or, or that, that partnership that they're hoped for one, two punch. We know in this league in general, not always, and, and you know we've seen some different versions of, of champions in this this league in the last few years. But you know, usually you have a superstar of, of Lucas Caliber, you get him a co-star, and once you get a second one, maybe you try to get a third if you can. Uh, although super teams have not worked out so well this season, the Mavs don't have that right now. And Spencer Dinwiddie's been great for them. Uh, he looks a lot more like the player that I saw playing here in Brooklyn when he first kind of uh, broke out over the last few years. Um. But I don't see they have that one-two punch. Their defense at its best is really good. Luka can win a game single-handedly at times. They're a really strong team. I don't know that the Mavericks have enough to knock out, say, the, the, the Warriors or Suns. I, I feel like they're still a piece away or you know, maybe, maybe a couple of, of, of just high-level pieces or one star away from truly being a contender. All right, Howard, and, and I thank, thank you for your insight here on this NBA playoff preview here on 1140 The Bet. Before we get you out of here, of course, uh, join, uh, check out Howard Beck on Sports Illustrated. Check out this podcast, The Crossover Pod. I'm going to two more questions. I'm going to hit you back to back because um, I feel obligated with the MVP race. Uh, who do you have? And then whether it's the Western Conference, which we focused on um, for the majority of this interview, or the Eastern Conference, uh, what is a sleeper team uh, that you think is most likely to make a run deep into the playoffs? I mean, I guess deep. We'll, we'll say that a deep playoff run as a sleeper team is probably not the finals. Right? I'm, I'm like, no, we don't get dark horses actually making it to the finals very often in the NBA. Yeah, it's like the so, Hawks last year, right, with the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, listen, like the, the East is hard to, to figure. Any, I mean, the whole postseason is hard to figure right now. But like, you know, the Heat have the best record in the East, but the Bucks are the defending champs. But the Celtics were the best team in the last couple of months. The Celtics <laughs> are missing Robert Williams. The Sixers have, have been beaten Harden, who at their best are, are amazing, and uh, other times are not. So it's like the, it's a it's a difficult race to handicap. And then if I'm gonna like label a dark horse who I think could make some noise if not necessarily go to the finals, I would say the Toronto Raptors who have been f fantastic the last few months and, and have a possible rookie of the year in, in Scotty Barnes and a, a really strong cast. So, you think Van um, Fleet is going to be healthy enough? Cause it's been a well, little shaky with yeah. him. That's, that's a fair question. I don't, you know, we don't know about his knee and, and how he'll be in the playoffs, but, uh, but that is a team that at full strength, uh, I think, you know, that's one of those teams that nobody wants to face, right? Like they're, they're, they're really tough. Um, in terms of my MVP vote, 
I have a ballot. I will not send it in, as is usually my habit. I will not send it in until I absolutely have to, which is uh, 11.59 p.m. the day after the season ends. So that's Monday. <laughs> um, I, will, I will wait until nearly the last minute because, uh, because I can. But also, like, this is a really particularly tough year. Like, no, it's, it's a like, uniquely difficult year. No, the, this year is you have to because every two days this flips where Giannis last week and then Luka comes out of nowhere. Some people are saying Devin Booker. Obviously, Jokic has been the, the, the main guy that everyone's talked about. You can't forget about Joel. Um, so fair enough. We'll, 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 we'll wait to see um, who comes out and wins that MVP and this entire playoffs madness. Listen, Howard, thank you. Uh, this has been a dream of mine. I've listened to your podcast and your appearances on Zach Lowe uh, and things like that. So we greatly appreciate you uh, coming on and giving us some insight and getting us ready for the playoffs, Howard. Nah, I really appreciate that. appreciate all the kind words as well. And uh, thanks. Yeah, should be an exciting postseason. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll have you on here later um, it, as we get into the playoffs. But, Howard, thank you so much. Coming up, we're closing out. The 2022 NBA playoff preview. Will we have more special guests? I guess you're going to have to find out, but first got to pay some bills around here. It's 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Hey, it's 11.40, the bet, Las Vegas. Adrian Hernandez here from the Playmakers. Inside a very special 2022 NBA Playoffs preview as we try to get you the most information you need to be informed as we head into the playing tournament this upcoming week. And then next weekend, Easter weekend, the playoff festivities officially get underway. And we've been checking in with Howard Beck. We've been checking in with Joe Varden from The Athletic. And we still have to check in with Gerald Boyer. And we still have to get our predictions in before this program is over. So a lot to cover. So here's the deal. 
Uh, like I said, Gerald Boyer is set to join us here in a matter of minutes. And unfortunately, we can't play the full interview on this program. And coming up before the end of the show, I'll tell you where you can listen to the entire interview in its entirety because it's going to be available somewhere that's very accessible and very free. But in the meantime here on this show, what I did is I pulled the best clips and the best questions from that interview to get you informed. So first and foremost, Gerald Boyer is the lead Suns writer for Phoenix Sports and he has the honor of covering, in my opinion, the best team in the NBA this year. So I asked Gerald, How's the team and even the city feeling about the fact that when it comes to not only the Phoenix Suns, but the Miami Heat, who both teams have been the number one seed throughout the entire season, that the only conversations we've had about both of these teams are Chris Paul got hurt, Eric Sposter, Jimmy Butler, and Udonis Haslam almost fought on the court, and that these teams are the number one seed and they don't get talked about enough instead of actually talking about them. So Gerald, the lack of respect, the lack of conversation for this team that's been so dominant. How has the team handled that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that fuels them, and to a certain extent it fuels the fan base, too. I think, you know, every team in this position that wants to win a title will find a way to adopt that us-against-the-world mentality. But in Phoenix's case, you know, it is strange because this is a big city here, but it's never seen as, like, a major market, right? Like, it's it's not LA. Yeah, population-wise, it's not top 15 yeah, in the country <laughs> right it's, it's not seen as as one of those central hubs that gets all the national media cover. like the lakers have been a disaster this year and they get probably 10 times the media coverage that a team like the suns get and, and that kind of bleeds into the mvp thing too because you know, I mean you can't tell me that if steph curry was putting up a 27 5 5 stat line for a 63 win warriors team that we wouldn't be talking about him as an mvp candidate right now like there's just no way so I think this team sees that. They they kind of see that like people give the Suns their respect every now and then, but they're really not the, the central story of the league that they should be. They're just kind of seen like, oh, yeah, Suns are kind of automatic and, and just dismissed in that way. Um, so I think they use that as fuel. You know, they, they talk about how people don't talk about Mikhail Bridges for Defensive Player of the Year. The guys talk about how Monty was snubbed for coach of the year last year and how he should be kind of the, the front runner for that award again this year. Um, I think any time that they have any bit of bulletin board material with someone not giving their full respect, uh, they're going to take that personally and they're going to take it out on whichever team is in their path. Gerald, I do want to ask you, you know, for a team that has NBA championship aspirations, that implies that they're going to go deep into the finals and you're playing until June, and eventually one of these games is going to come up where it's not necessarily going to be DeAndre Ayton or Chris Paul or Devin Booker that's the difference maker. It's going to be someone off of the bench. So in terms of some of those role players that fill out this roster, if there's one to look out for in the playoffs that can make a huge impact, who are you going with? Yeah, I still think it'll be Cam Johnson. Obviously, he's um, he has not shot the ball well since he's come back. I think three games ago from the uh, the quad contusion, but that thing kept him out for about a month, and he literally couldn't walk like correctly for about two weeks of that stretch. So as soon as he was able to start running again and, and getting back into shape, he came back. Uh, but that's a tough thing to come back from a leg injury. So he's kind of getting his conditioning back, getting his rhythm back, and I think that's what we've seen these first couple games. Uh, but before that, you know, he was coming off the game of his career 
against the New York Knicks when he scored a career high, hit that game-winning three off the backboard. Uh, he was just playing the best basketball he's ever played, and this season has been great for him. He started off a little rough and then has just been you know, throwing fireballs ever since. So it's one of those things where I think when he gets enough games under his belt, gets his win back a little bit, he's going to be that guy who can come in off the bench and just really bother teams because, like I said, they're going to be keying in on the Sun stars in the backcourt. But with D.A. expanding his game the way that he has, Mikael Bridges being able to get to his mid-range whenever he wants, and now Cam Johnson spreading the floor, attacking off the dribble, like you're going to have to pick your poison against this team. <laughs> I think Cam's the guy that can really make you pay for it. No, 100%. Uh, trying to do research and, and watching the games and being like, what the hell's the flaw? And, you know, <laughs> last year in the postseason, obviously when Dario went down, uh, Dario Saric, that kind of shifted the dynamics, uh, especially versus Milwaukee. Uh, now, mm-hmm. Biombo's been playing well. Uh, JaVale McGee seems like a new person. He's been playing great. So, I guess we're going to have to nitpick, uh, Gerald, but if there is a flaw on this team, uh, what is it to you? Yeah, I think there are a couple that stand out, and you know, you would think that this wouldn't be as big an issue with JaVale and Bismack on the roster now, but offensive rebounding, the Suns occasionally, especially against bigger lineups, still tend to give up offensive board, and you kind of expect some of that with you know, Jay Crowder being their starting four. He's a little undersized as more of a wing guy. Um, but they do tend to give up offensive rebounds, and that can hurt them from time to time. The other thing is uh, their free throw discrepancy is usually pretty glaring. The Suns do not get to the line very often, and you know the whistle they've been getting lately, especially since the All-Star break, has not been friendly to them. So they've been putting teams on the foul line a lot, and those are things that can really hamper the pace of a game. This team likes to play with pace. They like to play up tempo, and when they're getting stops and getting out in transition, you're not going to beat them. But if you can slow the game down, turn it into a foul fest, get to the line a lot, and, and really outperform them in that category, if you're able to knock down threes as well, that really puts the Suns in a little bit of a bind. And granted, we're talking about a team that still won you know, 63 out of its 80 games or whatever it is. So you're going to have a hard time beating this team no matter what because they can just win in so many ways. Uh, but those are two of the biggest flaws that could come to the forefront if if they find themselves in a in a tougher series than they expect. Gerald Borier joins us from Phoenix Sports. He's the lead Suns writer, and that's phoenixsports.com. Uh, and, and my final question, and thank you so much again, Gerald, for the time. What team possesses the biggest matchup problem? And I think we're going to have you back for our NBA Finals preview, so... I want to keep this question to the Western Conference, and and as I'm looking at sure. things, I, to to me, it's possibly the Warriors because if they get to that point and face uh, the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, Steph Curry is going to be back. Uh, but to you, who's the team that poses the biggest matchup problem? Yeah, I would say either the Warriors or a fully healthy Clippers. And granted, that fully healthy Clippers thing is a big if because you know Kawhi Leonard has not. We have no news that he's going to return for the playoffs. I think there was a video that surfaced of him, um, you know, saying hello to people at practice, and one of his legs was sizably bigger than the other one. So we have no idea how far he is from returning. But with all the wings that they have, um, that's a team that can give anybody some problems, especially, you know, Ty Lue has done a phenomenal job coaching them. And then the Warriors are my number one, just because there's there are too many question marks with that Clippers team's health. 
Um, the Warriors are a tough matchup, fully healthy. Um, you know, Clay hasn't quite looked like himself consistently. Draymond's been out here and there, and Steph Curry is obviously coming back, you know, right at the playoffs. So that'll make things difficult for them. But if they can find their groove, you know, when they were fully healthy, they were the Suns' number one threat, and it seemed like those were the consensus two top teams in the league. So if they can get back to that, that makes them tough. I don't know if they will, um, but they do present some matchup problems for the Suns. There it is, and that was just a preview of our full interview that we did with Jared Boyer. He is the lead Suns writer for Phoenix Sports, and if you want to check out that interview in its entirety, plus the full interview we did with Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated, the full interview we did with Joe Varden of The Athletic, we're trying to get the best of the best to keep us all informed. Uh, You're going to be able to check that out on the Playmakers feed, on that Odyssey app, which is free to download. Plus, wherever you get your podcasts, much love uh, to all of them that joined us. I'm very honored being a huge basketball fan. It is so cool to be able to ask some questions so that we can gain some knowledge as we head into these playoffs. But we got like less than a minute of the show, and I haven't made a prediction yet. And I got to get to these first-round matchups, so I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to pick the one upset I see immediately in the first round in the NBA. And that's going to be Toronto beating Philadelphia. The nightmares of the 2019 semifinals when Philly lost to Toronto are going to happen again. I'm so sorry, Joel, but unfortunately you got dudes in your team that won't be able to play in Canada because they don't play about them vaccines. So I got Toronto beating Philadelphia in the first round. For the rest of those predictions on these first round matchups, be sure to hit me up on Twitter. Follow me at Adrian Radio 93. Until then, be sure to catch us on the Playmakers through the 5 p.m. right here on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. This has been your 2022 NBA Playoffs preview. Have a wonderful weekend, Vegas. We'll hear from y'all and talk to y'all on Monday. Peace. Thanks for seeing We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.